Welcome to another edition of Garden Talk. Hi, Larry Mueller here. Great to have you with us today as we take a look at spring flowering bulbs uh, for the garden that you need to be kind of working on right about now. Mark Conlock from the Green Bay Botanical Garden, our guest today. And it's going to be great talking with him about bulbs and, of course, answering your other questions, as well as we move along right here during our Wisconsin Public Radio Fall member drive. Just a reminder, we're here today to raise the money that pays for the programs you enjoy, programs like Garden Talk, and I hope you'll support the program. Support from people like you. It's the largest piece of funding for the shows you value, and that's why your support at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552 is so important. And to help me out with this task, my old pal, Ellen Clark, regional manager. Larry. Hey, Ellen. Ellen's regional manager, of course, working out of her Green Bay uh, area. And it's always great to be able to talk to her, although I can't see her right now because <laughs> we're we're communicating back and forth between here and Green Bay. But, but I do have to say that I'm helping you out from the Green Bay studio, and your guest is helping you out from the Green Bay. So we've got it covered over here. <laughs> well, good. Do we, hey, we have a goal this hour? We do. We've got a goal of 20 gifts this hour, which is very doable with your help. This goal is really important to me to make sure we have the funding needed for the programs you rely on, like Garden Talk. Yeah, we meet this goal, of course, one donation at a time. And let's start with yours at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. And Wisconsin Public Radio is committed to quality. That's why we've been around for more than 100 years. And since listener donations make up the largest piece of funding for WPR programs, that quality is possible thanks to you. That's right. Your contribution makes uh, Garden Talk possible Mm -hmm. and so many others as well. When you give, you're part of the quality you hear every day on WPR. So make a difference right now. Uh, your gift at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. And maybe you've been listening to Wisconsin Public Radio without giving because you didn't know we're listener-supported. Well, we really, really are. In fact, the largest source of funding for WPR programs comes from listeners. Or maybe you wanted to listen for a while to see if you liked what you mm-hmm. heard. And here you are still listening. So now's the perfect time to support the shows you rely on. Your gift, 10, 20 bucks a month, whatever amount you choose, it makes a difference at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. I've just learned a lot by listening to public radio. I feel like I can use it. It's something I can use in my life and learn more or do something different or think differently. It kind of runs with my family. My mom listens to public radio. My dad listens to public radio. My brother listens to public radio, although I think he's unlucky because he lives in New York, and we have the best public radio here. I've traveled around the country, and this is the best. I'm Katie Simonson from Burlington. Wisconsin Public Radio is my source for news and information. Katie, thank you so much for those comments. I hope you'll go to WPR.org or phone 888-202-2552 and make your contribution. Uh, Larry Mueller here with Ellen Clark, and I'm here to help 
her tell you that you need to support <laughs> Wisconsin Public Radio during our fall member drive. Mm-hmm. Your gift could be 10 or 20 bucks a month, whatever amount you choose is the right amount. And we'll make it really, <laughs> really easy for you to give to Wisconsin Public Radio. All it takes is a few minutes of your time, a gift of any amount, say $10 a month. And that donation comes back every day mm-hmm. in the form of great programs. So show your support at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552, and give as generously as you can. And don't forget, our goal this hour is 20 gifts. This goal is really important. It's set to make sure we have the funding we need for the programs you rely on, like Larry Mueller and Garden Talk. So give now at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And this member drive, you could add the new WPR baseball cap to your wardrobe. I'm wearing it right now. I was now. just going to ask you. I, th- I thought of you when it, when I saw the hat. Exactly. I'm always wearing baseball mm-hmm. caps. I'm always wearing WPR caps, and it's great to have this hat. I like it a lot. It's uh, light green. It's uh, There's our little retro embroidered radio on the front, and I had a radio just about exactly like it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some, we all? <laughs> a little WPR branding there. So, hey, why not? Ask for years when you give uh, $15 a month at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552 and you can wear your new hat with pride Mm -hmm. knowing you make the news and, and inspiration we rely on possible. And if you're not a sustainer, maybe consider becoming one right now. It's really easy to set up. You'll make those ongoing monthly donations to provide reliable support for programs you love here on Wisconsin Public Radio. You could do the $15 a month and get that cap if you want to. You can do that from your bank account or credit card at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And you know, Melody and Hubertus had a nice comment. Did you see it? She did, and she said, I love the Larry Mueller Show and many others. I also listen to your classical music station every day, which is really nice. She's getting the best of both worlds there, but I feel like Melody's talking for all of us when she says she loves the Larry Mueller Show. (laughs) So you should join Melody with your gift. It's really powerful. It makes a difference at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And thank you very much. Uh, We are going to turn our attention now to Mark Hanlock. Mark is the Director of Horticulture at the Green Bay Botanical Garden, and we'll talk with him about using spring bulbs in your garden. Uh, I know we'll get a sneak preview of this year's holiday display, which is a dandy always at the Botanical Garden. And And, of course, we'll take your other gardening questions as well as we move along. I hope you'll join in. Number to call is uh, for a question is 800-642-1234. Or go ahead and send an email to ideas at WPR.org. Mark Codlock, welcome back. Good to have you with us. Yes, sir. Thanks for having us here. We really appreciate talking with you. You know, I love uh, I love in in the spring the the daffodils and the tulips and all that. What and this is about the time we should be getting those bulbs in the ground. Yes, sir. Indeed, yeah. We have um, one of our last events of the year, kind of our fall family festival, free admission on Sunday from nine to five, and then after that big event where we might have three thousand guests, we start taking the garden apart. So. We will start planting our fall bulbs next week, and you would want to think about doing the same thing in your yard, too. So 
we'll take our annuals out of the ground. We'll take kind of our tropical plants. We'll take some of our tender bulbs out that we store. And then we will start planting those spring blooming bulbs right now. So yes, it is the time. What are we? What what should we be considering when? Uh, uh, well, let's talk about selecting bulbs for the garden. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, a lot of times we select them based on the color schemes and things that we like. So you know, one thing you like to think about is like what else in your garden is blooming at that time, if you can remember. <laughs> you know, it's like a spring blooming um, perennial or a tree or a shrub. So one thing I do is I actually take pictures in the springtime of like different areas that are missing bulbs or you know different colors of things because I forget this time of the year if I don't have that picture and then I'll email that to myself and I make a folder of those that I use to help decide which bulbs I'm going to pick to order and where we're going to plant all of the bulbs we took out the previous year to use them so you want to kind of think about that next spring maybe when you see where you planted them <laughs> in the wrong place <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, Larry, one other one other thing that people ask about a lot is deer proof bulbs. You know, because we do have, you know, deer pressure in our state. So think about using daffodils, alliums, hyacinths, grape hyacinths, and things like that if you do have a lot of deer in your yard. What about squirrels? Uh yeah, good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they can move the bulbs a bit. Um one thing we do is like when we plant the bulbs after you're done, you know, digging them in the ground about three times deep as the bulb is wide, we try to like remove any like tunics or little parts of the bulbs that might've fallen off and we rake it smooth. We'll shake a little bit of mulch on the ground too, to kind of like just like hide the fact that we dug in the ground. We'll water the ground to water the bulbs, to get them to take in moisture, to start to grow. That's kind of an important thing to do that people might not think about or rely on rainfall if we have some. And then we'll actually put malorganite down on the ground. We kind of like crank that out, but is a more of an animal deterrent than a fertilizer because you don't need to fertilize a bulb. It actually has the whole bulb inside there. The flower's already formed inside. And then we'll spray the ground with liquid fence too. So we do that to keep the animals from eating them too, to keep the chipmunks and the squirrels and everything, you know, from trying to dig them up at least this time of the year. And then in the springtime, we actually spray them with liquid fence, especially our tulips before mm. they bloom to keep rabbits and deer from eating. Um, so like on our larger scale, there's a fair amount of work we do to keep animals, you know, from eating them. So that's one reason to think about those kind of like critter-proof bulbs in the first place if you don't want to have to do all that work. Yeah. How many bulbs do you uh, folks put in every year? Usually we plant about forty to 50,000 bulbs, and we've been saving them and replanting them and perennializing them over the years. So we think we have one of the biggest displays in the state of Wisconsin with, we know, over 325,000 bulbs in the ground, plus the 40 to 50 we'll add this fall. That's a lot of digging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get a really strong hand. Oh man! Uh, it's, it's already somebody's wondering what if I uh, what if I forget <laughs> to plant them in this fall? How do I keep? Can I store them over winter? That's a good question. I mean, you kind of have to. They did say I was reading a little bit before I came on, and you know, Color Blends is one of our big sources, and they have a lot of good information on their website. And they said, you know, you can kind of keep planting them until you know, like the ground is really, really frozen. So, I mean, you could literally try to pickaxe them in the ground. So it would be better to try to plant them still this year. But if you um, don't, then you could, you know, plant them 
and try, but you're probably better off just buying a new batch. Yeah, you're going to lose. It's, uh, yeah, planting them in the spring is not, I mean, even if you do plant them in the spring, you're not going to get any flowers. Right, right, because they do need to have a cold period in order to, like, know to grow in the springtime. So I guess, you know, the other idea is you could actually plant them in a pot and then put them, like, in a refrigerator in your basement or something to get them the cool period and try to, like, force them to use them in some type of a container display. Mark Conlock, our guest, Director of uh, Horticulture at the Green Bay Botanical Garden. Questions for him? Give a call. The number is 800 642-1234, or you could email us, the email address, ideas at wpr.org, ideas at wpr.org. You know, with some questions about naturalizing uh, bulbs, and I don't know if you do much of that, you probably don't do much of that uh, at the Green Bay Botanical Garden, but... Yeah, yeah, Tell we've kind talk of about you. You sure. do a little of that. Yeah, we've done. You know, like we do. We plant them amongst our perennials, so that's like I don't know if I'd call it naturalizing because it's in a garden bed, but we have done it in a couple like no mow grass areas. So what we'll do is get ones that you know tend to come back, like daffodils or something that'll be a small like spring ephemeral type of bulb, like a squill or a grape hyacinth or something. And one kind of cool idea for that is like, you just like literally can just throw them on the ground. <laughs> you know, you don't have to lay them out or anything, you know, just kind of like throw them and then plant them where they lie. They do have a couple like naturalizing blends that are made from by different companies where they mix a couple different things together that are, you know, look nice and kind of more of a woodland type setting. And then the other idea we've done in the past when we've had huge volunteer groups is we've actually spray painted the bulbs with like a blaze orange color when we've planted, say, you know, 10,000 or more so we can find all those little babies when we chuck them in the grass because they can be pretty hard to find if they're little small miscellaneous ones. Oh, man. Oh, Mark Conlock, our, our guest today. Uh, again, we're going to be talking with him more about bulbs, but also I, I know there's... There's a really cool lights uh, display I want to talk with him about as well as we move along today uh, during our fall member drive. Ellen Clark back with me uh, to talk about your support. It's really essential uh, to fund the Garden Talk and the Larry Miller Show and all the programs you enjoy mm -hmm. on WPR. Listener support's our largest source of funding. And this drive is your time to take some action. You make the programs possible when you give at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. Right. And when you take action right now, you will help us meet our goal this hour, which is 20 gifts. So your gift is really important because when you give, you support the programs you rely on every single day. Thanks so much if you've already given. If you haven't, the time is right now at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. And we all know every week we hear from a different expert about one of our favorite pastimes, gardening. And Larry talks with horticulture professors and directors and nationally renowned gardeners who can answer a wide variety of general questions, not to mention Larry Mueller himself, who's an expert. Others uh, specialize in lawn, trees, vegetables, native plants, and so much more. Support this weekly show where you get so much gardening information all year long with your gift at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. 
You know, you might have a monthly subscription for maybe your cell phone. Mm. And we got Netflix, we've got Hulu, we got Apple TV Plus, <laughs> uh, uh, a little of everything mm -hmm. here. So now we're asking you to support WPR uh, like you pay for the other services you rely on. But the really, really nice difference and cool difference about this is you decide how much you give. You support the programs that are part of your day and you become a WPR sustainer. You choose any monthly gift amount that works for you. Then set it up to be ongoing in installments at WPR.org or 888 202 This member drive asks for the new WPR baseball cap with your gift of $15 a month. This stylish light green hat is the perfect way to cover up a bad hair day, keep the sun off your face, or add pizzazz to your outfit. Being that it's a hat, I think you've got to be realistic and you're going to have to wear this on your head. The words Wisconsin Public Radio span across the top in an arch. It's got a really cool vintage look that's definitely in style. Ooh, I like this hat. I love this new WPR hat because one, it's green, my favorite color, and two, I am a sucker for a really slick looking retro radio. My hair is long enough to ponytail and sneak it through that hole in the back so baseball caps are fun. Ask for your WPR baseball cap and wear it with pride, knowing that you're not just sporting another fashion accessory. You're supporting the in-depth reporting and smart entertainment our community relies on. Give $15 a month or more. Here's how. Just give at WPR.org or phone 888-202-2552. This is our fall member drive, Larry Mueller with Ellen Clark. Uh, listener supports our biggest source of funding, and that's why your gift of $10 a month, $100 a month, what, mm -hmm. whatever amount you choose, it really has an important impact. Whatever amount you choose, you support the programs you love, like Garden Talk, when you give at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And then you could even take another great step. You could check in with your company's community relations team to see if they'll match your gift. I know many corporations will match their employees' donations. Even if uh, you're retired, they'll, mm. they'll do it. So thanks very much for going that extra step for the programs you care about. After you've made your gift at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. And maybe you listened to Wisconsin Public Radio in school as a kid or in the car with your parents, or maybe you found us on your own. No matter how you first tuned in, you probably want to see WPR continue. It's an important part of Wisconsin. And if you've never given before, this would be a great time mm -hmm. to do your part. It's never too late to make your first contribution of, say, 10 or 20 bucks a month. Easy to do. doesn't take long. Just go to WPR.org or phone 888-202-2552. And this hour, we have a goal of 20 gifts. Thank you so very much if you've already given. If you haven't, join in. Help us meet this goal at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. You make Wisconsin Public Radio possible when you give. And ask for that new WPR baseball cap when mm -hmm. you give $15 a month or more. You know, the next time you see me, or if you see me, or when you see me, <laughs> you're probably going to see me with that hat on. Now, some people do it to cover a bad hair day, but there are also those people who cover a, cover <laughs> a no mm -hmm. hair day. Mm -hmm. Either way <laughs> or, works. Or a low hair day. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's really, a, it's pretty. It's a nice, mm -hmm. it's a nice looking ba uh, baseball cap. A retro kind of cap. It's got the WPR 
branding and old uh, embroidered radio on it. Uh, and it tells uh, tells the world that you mm-hmm. value and support WPR programs. It's yours when you give $15 a month or more at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. And Linda in St. Anthony Village, Minnesota, says, I often drive from my home in Minneapolis to my daughter's in Madison. WPR keeps me company on the road. I especially enjoy Larry Mueller's show. Of course she does, right? And imagine how quickly the time goes by when you're driving and you're listening to Garden Talk and getting those new tips and wonderful ideas. So join Linda with your gift right now. It's so important at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And thank you. Great to have you here for Garden Talk on the Ideas Network. Larry Mueller here with my guest, Mark Conlog, Mark's Director of Horticulture at the Green Bay Botanical Garden. If you haven't been there, um, make it a point to get over there. It is a wonderful, wonderful place to uh, visit. And we'll talk with Mark about some of the things going on there. But if you have a question for Mark, it doesn't necessarily have about bulbs. We've been talking bulbs, but you can ask other questions as well. Number to call 1-800-642-1234 or email to ideas at WPR.org, ideas at WPR.org. Mark, last time you were with us, you shared some information on bulb design that you have up on the Color Blends website. Yeah, that's a really good resource if people want to kind of learn more about bulbs, and they have some really cool videos showing, like, how they grow them in the Netherlands and harvest them and kind of, like, the backside of the whole operation of where they come before they get to your house. And they also are a really good source for purchasing your bulbs, honestly. That's one of the places we buy because we found that they pretty much have the biggest bulbs for the cost. So Mm. they're one of our big suppliers because then those bulbs will last a little bit longer because they'll have energy to like, you know, produce some flowers in future years, which they have done for us. So that's been a really great um, benefit of buying those bulbs. And Brenton Becky's and other places have a lot of good information too. So I would definitely check all those online sources when you're thinking about, you know, where to buy your bulbs. Um, Brenton Becky's has a really great diversity of different types of bulbs compared to say color blends. So you sometimes have to go to multiple places to buy them. And of course your local garden centers will have a selection of bulbs too, really close and handy that you'll probably want to get. And it's also like something that you see it, you want to buy it and put it in your yard right away. So (laughs) easy access. (laughs) Okay. Oh man. Good time for some people. You know, I walk through my neighborhood every morning uh, for sure, do two or three miles through the neighborhood. And I, some people are cleaning up their gardens, others aren't. <laughs> like <Yeah>. me. <laughs> Mine just sits all winter. Yeah, you know, interesting thing, Larry, we've been thinking a lot about like our garden cleanup over the last few years and like reading things and books by the Doug Tallamy, who has like, you know, the whole idea of like being more sustainable. And we've started to do a couple different things. Like we have decided some areas we're actually going to leave the leaves, you know, where they fall. So we had grass before and we've just let it fall with the leaves because we've learned that a lot of like moths and caterpillars actually like pupate and overwinter on the leaf. So when we 
you know, I mean, we didn't burn them, but back in the day when I was a kid, we would burn our leaves and then, you know, now we would rake them and put them into the woods. So we learned that we're actually kind of like decreasing, you know, the ecosystem by doing that. So we leave them in certain areas. And then the other thing we've learned is like a lot of insects, I guess, overwinter in the bottom foot, say, of a stem. So when you do your garden cutback, you might want to consider leaving those stems higher, you know, or not cutting them back till the spring when it's warmer and those insects would have emerged is the best case. But if you still want it to look kind of clean or for us, if you have to plant bulbs amongst those stems, you might want to like leave them a little higher than you normally do to try to get you know, more biodiversity in the ecosystem by letting some of those insects overwinter and then be part of like the whole food chain and ecology of your garden. Yeah, that makes really good sense to me. Sue in Jefferson uh, has a question. Let's go there. Hi, Sue. Green Bay. Hi, Sue, are you there? Yes, I sure am. Hi. Thank you, Larry, for taking my call. And my question for Mark is, we live in a country and our house has a hill behind it, and we thought we were smart, and we planted no mow grass. And it's coming in beautifully, but my question is, when we research what to do in the fall, they want us to mow it and then rake it, and that's just not going to happen. It's on a hill. So is there any advice on how to handle no mow grass in the fall? Mm -hmm. That is a good question. We have some no mow grass as well. And if you, you know, like they say, you know, you can mow it once in the fall, you could also just not mow it, honestly. Like we have some on our Hobbit House hillside, which is a pretty steep hill that we don't mow. So we don't mow it in the fall and then we see what happens. And oftentimes, like in the springtime, it's always come back and we've really barely mowed it. Or you could consider, you know, like mowing it with, say, a string trimmer or something like that if you needed to. We have raked it out a little bit in the springtime, but again, you know, we haven't mowed it as much as they say. So I would say just if you don't want to mow it, maybe just see what happens and maybe it'll come back fine or maybe you'll find you have to do something in the springtime. But the one last thing, though, to say about those like cool season fescues it's using there, it's definitely if you're going to do some type of mowing operation or something to clean it up, it's best to do it like early in the spring when it starts growing a little bit or this time of the year, like they recommend because in the um, summertime, if you mow it or do anything, it'll really set it far back. And we've had that issue where people have mowed it in the summertime and in essence, you know, pretty much devastated it so that it has to be redone. So um, just doing nothing could be, could be an option actually. So that's probably what I would do. (laughs) That's what I do, Sue. Uh, Thanks very much for calling. Appreciate your call. You can give a call to number to call 1-800-642-1234 or you could email us to ideas at WPR.org, ideas at WPR.org. You guys get a lot. You have deer. You you do have pretty much everything, don't you, for critter damage or potential critter damage. (laughs) Uh, yeah, we have a fair amount of critter damage and, um, you know, we, we do some things, but you know, one of the things lately, Larry, I've just been trying to be like, I heard a person talk who wrote the book, the humane gardener. 
And it really changed my mindset a little bit because I was like, oh, I was worried about these critters eating everything. And then as we started to create more habitat, I've been like, well, that's kind of the whole point of what we've been doing. So you can't get mad <laughs> at all these things that you're bringing in because you've been literally growing plants to bring them in. So we try to live with it more honestly and just like, you know, like let it be and be cognizant that we have some damage but just like be more willing to live with it and we do like more deterrent things with the liquid fence or like granular liquid fence on certain vegetable crops or exclusion where we put up fences and things like that but we've been trying to be honestly more willing to let those animals be part of our garden that makes uh, makes good sense david and stoddard has something for us let's go there hi david hi larry uh long time listener First-time caller. Oh, well, anyway, good to have you here. The lady with the hill with the no mow grass. Yeah. We have a lot of uh, people that have sheep that they they rent or lease out here to come and they'll mow down those hills for you, those sheep will. Oh. So well. that would be another idea for her. If she can find a farmer that has sheep that's willing to bring them over, you know, pasture them out for two days on that hill, that hill will be mowed. <laughs> why why not yeah like you're thinking that's a different way to mow right uh yeah i i uh, i kind of like that idea david thanks for calling appreciate it well i want to talk a little bit uh, you know we we haven't done this for a while i don't think which is to talk about the garden itself and the i mean the f- fantastic areas that you've got so tell for those who haven't been there it'd be quite a revelation when you arrive yeah i think so larry we have 25 and a half acres of developed gardens now which brings us you know we think we're pretty close to maybe the biggest display garden in terms of like acreage developed and that like a one of the we just had some fox valley technical college students come which was awesome and gave them a tour yesterday and they were you know able to see our grounds and be hopefully impressed with it. But one of the new things that people throughout the state might not have seen is our new Bell Children's Garden. That's been a new two-acre addition to the garden and to the existing half-acre children's garden. That's kind of like on the lower part of our grounds. We also have the Grand Garden, which was built around 2018, which is a you know fairly new addition of another two and a half acres. And one of the really, I think, interesting things we've been doing is like I said before a little bit like, you know, adding a lot of native plants to our plant palettes so that we create habitat and we're more than just a pretty garden. We are a pretty garden for sure, but then we also have that whole ecological side of things and giving people ideas on how they can do that in their own yard. So we have about 20,000 annuals we'll plant, like usually in front of our structures and to highlight different areas. And that's where those spring blooming bulbs will go into. And then we have, you know, 81,000 permanent plants, perennials, trees, and shrubs, you know, that are blooming spring through fall and the fall color and everything else that goes with all those of the unique foliage colors and textures. Um, So we kind of have something for everybody and it's just a great place to visit, to get ideas for your own yard, to have an event, to, you know, enjoy one of our concerts or any of the other things that we do at Green Bay Botanical Garden, which you can find on our website, of course, gbbg.org. Our marketing department does a great job updating that. Shout out to them. Um, And we really would love everyone in the state and, you know, Northeast Wisconsin, the state and the whole upper Midwest to come and see what we've been doing over the last, you know, say 10 years. 
it's a, it's a it's a fantastic place to uh, to visit for sure. I've been there many times, and I will be back um, again for sure. Mark Conlock is director of horticulture at the uh, Green Bay Botanical Gardens, and Ellen Clark is uh, director uh, over at uh, the <laughs> WPR Studios in Green Bay. Uh, and joins us uh, again during our fall drive. We're here to ask uh, you to invest a few minutes of time to support your listening. And that's because listener support makes up the largest piece of funding for the programs you count on, programs like the Larry Mueller Show and Garden Talk. So it's important to give your gift now at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. This hour we have a goal of 20 gifts, if I'm not mistaken. Thank you if you've already given. And if you haven't, join in right now at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And we've been listening into Larry talking with the Green Bay Botanical Gardens Horticulture Director about spring bulbs and about all their wonderful, beautiful gardens. So when you give at WPR.org or 888-202-2552, you make this program with Larry Mueller and all the other programs you enjoy possible. Choose an amount that works for you, take a few minutes, and make your gift. Think about what you spend uh, money on every day. Coffee for sure, Mm takeout, that adds Mm -hmm. up. It's easy to spend on things that are are part of your routine. That's right. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that Wisconsin Public Radio is part of your routine too, right? It's your source for news, your conversation starter, your place to learn. So spend some money on it today. Start with a dollar a day. That's about $30 a month at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. Wisconsin Public Radio wakes me up every morning. Mostly I just enjoy the morning programming and the afternoon programming. I became a sustaining member because I felt so guilty with all the pledge drives. Because they're so logical and they're so persistent. It's crucial that we have people support it so we don't lose it. I'm Sarah from Wausau. Join me as a sustainer of Wisconsin Public Radio. If we are nothing else, we are persistent. (laughs) (laughs) I can say that. Oh, man. Go to WPR.org or phone 888-202-2552 to make your donation. During our drive, Larry Mueller with Ellen Clark. Uh, The programs you enjoy are possible thanks to your support and your contribution. $10 a month, maybe $100 a month, whatever amount you choose, it makes a difference for your entire community. And you are not alone. The people of Wisconsin have access to quality news, talk, and entertainment because 50,000 individuals and households choose to support Wisconsin Public Radio. And we work on the honor system here. Join the team with your gift right now. So let's say 10 bucks a month. You decide mm-hmm. the amount, though, and then make your gift at WPR.org or at... And when you make that gift right now, you help us meet our goal this hour, which is 20 gifts. It's really important to meet these goals. They're set to make sure we have the funding we need for the programs you rely on, like Garden Talk. So give now at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And if you contribute $15 a month or more, you're going to be eligible to receive the new WPR baseball cap uh, for your wardrobe. It's uh, 
Well, I'm kind of looking at it right now. It's light green. <laughs> I kind of like that it's green. That's yeah, different. I it it is it is different. And I I got I've got a reject. I I got one that they sent us that wasn't quite up to our standards. Mm. So I have the one of a kind where the X's are a little off on the radio on the hat. <laughs> Hey, I think you can deal with that, right? Well, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to donate again. I always talk myself into this. I'm going to donate again. and Because right. I want a second one. Because I'm not sure. One is never enough, well, is what the, I'm hearing. The, the old WPR hat that I had when the uh, promotions people saw it, it had a hole in the top of it. And they what are you wearing that for? And I said, well, it's the only WPR hat that I've got. (laughs) So, oh, my goodness me. Um, Anyway, $15 a month or more at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. We'll get you that cap, and you can wear it with the pride, knowing that you make the news and inspiration we rely on Possible, and if I see you with it wearing that cap, I'll give you a fist pump. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe Heidi from Santa Rosa Beach, Florida, is going to get that cap. She says, I love listening to Larry. Of course we do. We all love listening to Larry. Join Heidi with your gift. It's really powerful. It makes a difference at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And thank you. You're listening to Garden Talk on the Ideas Network. Larry Miller here with my guest, Mark Conlock. Mark directs uh, horticulture at the Green Bay Botanical Garden. We've talked bulbs and other things as well relating to the garden and relating maybe to your own garden. And I hope you'll join in if you have questions, uh, not only about bulbs, we'll take other questions as well, at 800-642-1234 or email to ideas at wpr.org. Uh, let's take a call. Tony in Wauwatosa, thank you for calling. What's on your mind? Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I just had a question about um, bulbs and as they age and get older in the garden for a longer time. Um, I've just been noticing um, I have some daffodils, and they just don't seem to really produce flowers quite as much. Now, I didn't initially plant these uh, bulbs. Uh, there but they're in bigger clumps um and it's just kind of disappointing um they get a good amount of sun you know i do the normal things um but and then also the same with tulips do do those get kind of tired over the years and are there certain things that you should do um to make sure that they bloom you know it as you expect them to mm-hmm. yeah those are really great questions um so let's start with the daffodils that does happen, right? If they're in a great spot that they love, they start to reproduce and can make those big clumps like you're seeing. And I heard Brent Heath of Brent and Becky's talk one time, and he said, you know, he what he does is he fertilizes around those. He w- would use like 10-10-10 to fertilize pretty much when they're starting to go downhill, typically, you know, like after they've done they're done flowering. But yours, like we have some clumps like that too that aren't flowering 
Um, you know, we have tried that method of fertilizing and they still haven't come back. So the other idea of what you do is you need to divide those actually. So it's a bit of a lot of work, which is why I wanted to try the 10, 10, 10 thing first. <laughs> um, but what, you know, you would do is kind of like toward the end time again of when they like actually let them die down. I call it dry down and die down, but before the foliage is completely gone, so you can still find them you would want to dig them up in the late spring and then you could either replant them then, you know, amongst your garden and like, you know, just have one of them, you know, kind of like break them up, like how you initially bought them. And then they would have more space to mine the soil for nutrients, you know, to actually have enough energy then to produce a flower, you know, the, in subsequent years. Or you could store them like in a kind of cool, dry place over the summer and then plant them in the fall when you typically plant those kinds of bulbs. So that's what you could do for the daffodils. Or, you know, you could remove that clump, I guess, honestly, of those older ones and just plant a brand new one in that area, too. That would be another option without maybe maybe less work, but kind of you have to dig that old one out anyway. And then the other thing, Tony, is with the... Um, Tulip bulbs, yeah, some of them perennialize better than others. So there's different groups like the Darwin hybrids, Fosterianas, and the species tulips will tend to perennialize and come back better and flower from year to year. But some of the other ones that we buy and they're bred and grown specifically for like that big first flower, and then they oftentimes don't bloom quite as well in subsequent years and do then, you know, become pretty much where they won't flower. Those ones you would need to then, you know, replace and add new bulbs every year or switch over to some of those other ones I mentioned that do tend to come back better from year to year. All good points. Uh, Tony, thank you so much uh, for calling and good luck. Uh, Peter in Waterford, we go to you. Hi, Peter. Hi. Hi, Larry. I'm a longtime listener, so thanks for your show. Appreciate it. What's on your mind? Well, uh, my wife and I are kind of regular garden gardeners, tomatoes and cucumbers and that, but recently a friend of ours gave us their um, their greenhouse, which is a tubular design uh, with a plastic sheet over it. It's about six feet wide by, say, ten feet long by six feet high, so it's quite large. I've never done anything in a greenhouse before, so I was wondering, what's the best seeds to get started uh, over the winter, and, and when would I really look to get things going? Well, it's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, are you thinking, Peter, that you'll use it for vegetables more? Well, I would think uh, we would focus on vegetables, but I tell you what, a couple of years ago, I went to buy uh, ants at the garden center, and when the clerk rang up $300, I nearly fainted. So I would love to grow some flowers too yeah well some of the thoughts off the top of my head and larry probably has some better ones are um you know you got to think about how you're going to heat that thing if you are going to heat it and your costs for that one of the ways that people oftentimes use um like if it doesn't have a heater like it is a high tunnel right so you can definitely get some weeks to extend your season into the fall or you know, start earlier in the springtime, and then that would mean you could start your seedlings, you know, however many weeks earlier to get a jump on the season to get you know more production out of your 
um, vegetable crops and then, you know, later and potentially, you know, have another seeding of a, say, fall crop that, you know, takes a little longer to mature or, you know, is a cool season crop that you can extend into the fall or in the same thing on the spring side of things. And you definitely need to consider, you know, the cost of heating and that type of thing. And then with the, with that structure too, you're also going to need to think about hardening your crops off eventually. So you'll need to like, you know, take them in and out of that structure in the springtime as it starts to warm up to get those plants used to the, the sunlight and the wind and drying out and things like that too. So there's also that side to think a little bit about. Um, Larry, what are you thinking? I was, I was thinking about uh, Chuck, my uh, good friend who got a boat hoist from somebody and he made, uh, <laughs> he made, <laughs> Uh, one out of a boat hoist and some um, clear plastic and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, for flowers, you could plant those. I, I mean, I, I understand the cost on, on flowers, but you could do seed, you could seed those flowers weeks earlier or even, I mean, you could, well, depending if you had heat uh, in there. But if you don't have heat, I mean, you could start those weeks ahead of, of uh, normal and you know get a good head start and then you've got some smaller plants that you can put in when it uh you know when it's time to put those plants in i i uh i think you're going to have fun with it peter <laughs> and i'm not sure i was trying to re recall if there i'm sure there is uh there's a book on greenhouse gardening but i can't remember the title of it um uh, sure it'll, it'll probably come to me sometime during the show, Peter, so hang in there. Oh, and thanks for calling. Skip and Milton, what's on your mind? Wonderful show. Thank um, you. My question is uh, about, I've, I've been composting for over 50 years, but uh, should I be putting in, I've got a squash plant that's really a, a was a volunteer uh, in my empty compost bin, I will rotate that. I, I put my old compost on the garden in the, in the fall or spring, whatever, and then I, my new compost, um, uh, you know, I, I move that out to the old compost one. So this is growing in an empty bin right now, and it has mildew, probably mildew on it. Yeah. Is that compost, or should I throw it on the bonfire? Yeah, if you're, I think you need to comp. If you've got a good compost, hot compost, uh, you could compost it. Uh, but if it's just th throwing it out there, you may may want to get rid of it. Although powdery mildew is here every year. Yeah, right. If you, I mean, if you have a compost pile, you're actively managing to get, you know, hot enough for those thermophilic bacteria and stuff. Like Larry said, then it would hopefully kill that disease organism. If not so much, if it doesn't get hot enough, then you'd want to do the other option you said of just kind of like discarding it some other way and not having that in there. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Skip, good luck. Thank you. In our fall member drive right now, and I think Ellen Clark, oh, she's back. <laughs> just like a bad penny. <laughs> hey! No, she's a good penny. <laughs> 
She's here to help me tell you uh, that you need to support Wisconsin Public Radio. Uh, listener support's our largest source of funding, and here we are up to the top of the hour. We need uh, 20 contributions for this hour to make it a success, and you can help us by giving right now. Any amount makes a difference at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. And our goal is to keep bringing you topics and programs like Larry Mueller's show and the Garden Talk. And we've been hearing from lots of listeners who call in each hour, as they always do during Garden Talk. And the really cool thing is WPR is also listener-supported. So that means when you give at WPR.org or 888 888- Two zero two two five five two. You make this program and all the programs we you hear possible. Choose an amount that works for you. Take a few minutes and make your gift. And I, I hope you you know Garden Talk is certainly one of our most important programs, mm-hmm. our most popular programs, I should say. Here on the Ideas Network, if we look at audience data, shows there are a lot of people who enjoy this program. How's your life enriched by it? Uh, We're listener-supported, and that means when you give at WPR.org or phone 888-202-2552, you make this program and many more programs possible when you contribute. And what I like about Garden Talk is that it's great for beginners and expert gardeners. You get great hands-on advice from experts. And Larry, I mean, you're an expert yourself, so you can you can probably answer all the questions. But it's kind of nice for people like me who don't know a lot about it, but also expert gardeners can get something from it, too. It's really wonderful. Support Garden Talk at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. At Wisconsin Public Radio, we ask you to decide how much to give. And no matter what you choose, you get 24 hours a day of news, talk, music, and entertainment in return. That's a great deal. Where do you wish you could get that kind of deal? Just about anywhere. My education, a vacation, or anything really I could think about spending I wish I could choose to pay. Oh, beer? A great Italian meal. During this pledge drive, we ask you to contribute as generously as you can. And unlike with other things, you'll always be the one to decide how much to give. You can give at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. During our fall member drive, Larry Mueller here with Ellen Clark. Listener supports our biggest source of funding. We keep saying that, and and that Mm -hmm. we say it because uh, your gift, $10 a month, $100 a month, whatever amount you choose really has an important impact. And we're all really, really busy, and we know you value your time, and we value your time, too. So giving to Wisconsin Public Radio will only take you a few minutes, I promise. You'll tell us your name, your contact information, how much you want to give, and how you'd like to pay. Quick and easy to do, and your gift right now really helps. So take a few minutes to support the station you count on at WPR.org or at 888-888. Two zero two two five five two, And we've got a goal this hour of 20 gifts. We want to meet that goal. Thank you if you've already given. If you haven't, join in right now and help us meet those 20 gifts at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. You make WPR possible when you give. And if you're a sustaining member, maybe today's the day you increase your support mm. of WPR by 5 or $10 a month. Whatever amount you choose, at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. And here we are coming up to the 
top of the hour. Mary says she's been listening to this show um, as uh, she works on her dream of a self-sustaining <laughs> rural property. Well, we can help Mary out and we can help you out, but I hope you'll help us out too. Give us a call at 888-202-2552 and make your contribution or do it online at WPR.org. I'm Larry Mueller with Ellen Clark for the Ideas Network. Listening to Garden Talk on the Ideas Network. Larry Mueller here. Thanks for joining us today. Our guest, Mark Conlock, Director of Horticulture at the Green Bay Botanical Gardens. And we've been answering your gardening questions. And certainly, if you have some, I hope you'll join in. 800 642 1234. Email to ideas at wpr.org. And let's go to the phones. Louise in Dodgeville's been waiting a bit. Let's go there. Louise, thank you for waiting. What's on your mind? Um, hi, I have a question. We have a very tiny uh, Japanese maple um, that we planted in the wrong spot, and we're going to uh, dig it up and donate it to a friend. So I was wondering about the best way um, to help it survive um, in, like, the digging and replanting and watering and do we need to fertilize, um, those kind of things. And you want to do it now, Louise? Uh, yeah, before the snow flies. Okay. Um, I mean, you could do it now. Might want to consider waiting till springtime. So it has, you know, like the whole spring and summer and to get reestablished, you know, wherever you're planting it from. That would be kind of my recommendation. No matter when you do it, you're going to want to get, you know, like as much of the root system as you can. It sounds like it's pretty small so that that wouldn't be a problem, but you definitely want to like get as much of the root system intact as possible. So it doesn't have to like, you know, regrow and regenerate that, especially if you did it this time of the year. Yeah, if you do it this time of the year, I mean, it'd be better in spring for sure. But if you do it this time of the year, Mark's exactly right. And I would not wait. I'd do it this weekend. If you're going to, if you have to do it, do it this weekend. But get as many of the roots as you can and um, into the ground and make sure that it's well watered. And watered right up until frost. And I think that's all. <laughs> that's all I've got for now. But I, I'd really recommend, and certainly Mark is recommending. Uh, if you wait till spring, you're a lot better off. Donna in Hartford will go to you next. Hi, Donna. Hello there. Good afternoon. I have a question about uh, transplanting uh, an old rhubarb plant um, down here in uh, Washington County, the southeastern part of the state. And I've tried this once before, but I think I did it too late in the year. It got too cold too quick, and um, and I lost it. And, and perhaps I didn't didn't have the tubers in correctly, or I didn't have the hole deep enough. So what I'm curious about is is uh, can I do it yet while we still have some warmer weather here? Like today, I'd like to move it. Um, what's the depth or the size of the hole that I should really be doing? And should I fertilize it now or in spring? And would you recommend miracle grow, um, Nolorganite, or, or what? <laughs> I need help. <laughs> you need some help. Okay. Okay, well, Larry probably has a better rhubarb skill set than I do. 
um, if you do it now again, you know, one thing you could think about doing is like leaving a part of it where it is so that even if your transplant is unsuccessful, you still have like the initial clump of it. And almost everything that I know of transplanting, I always try to transplant it to the same depth that I took it out at because you knew it was successful at that depth. So you're going to want to get the same depth when you replant it, not like really, really deeper and not super high up in the air. So you want the same depth, you know, probably your hole, maybe two to three times wide as it would not be a bad idea. That's what you do for trees and things, but it just allows you then to have that area around of that soil, like, you know, broken up so the roots can expand into it easier than an un, you know, disturbed soil. And then water it in good until again, it freezes. If we don't get rain, you might want to mulch it to like, you know, let it have a little more time where the soil to be warmer for it to get established. And the timing, I'm not an expert on the rhubarb. So oftentimes in perennials and trees and shrubs, you want to plant it the opposite season of when it flowers, you know? So, I mean, you kind of like eat it in the springtime. So I, I would guess you could still try to transplant it, but Larry probably knows better than I do on that. Yeah, you could. I mean, rhubarb is the one thing about rhubarb is it's tough. Uh, and it'll survive. But the planting depth is, as Mark says, is very important. Get it at the right depth. The depth it was growing at, not deeper and certainly not shallower either. Uh, so if you get it at the right depth, and I think it is a good idea to m maybe lay down some mulch uh, there to sort of protect it for a longer period of time, the soil around it. And make sure you know it gets its water, uh, you know, right up until, right up until uh, freeze up. So there you go, Donna. I give it. You can give it a shot. But I love your idea, Mark, about not taking all of it. <laughs> you know, just take a, take some of it, and just in case things don't work out as you were hoping for, that that yeah. is a, a great uh, tip. So we have. Um, Lots of things going on at the Green Bay Botanical Garden, and I, I definitely wanted to take a minute um, to talk about that, What and the, especially, too, the, the lights. But there are activities going right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right away, as in um, Sunday, free admission for everyone that comes to the Botanical Garden. It's a celebration, our fall family festival, kind of a, like last big celebration of the season where everyone can see the garden for free before it gets taken apart for the bulb displays. Also a celebration of our partnership with the Oneida Nation, whose land actually the garden is on. So that's there's a lot of great activities. If you check out our website, you'll see all the opportunities at gbbg.org and the timing and everything. And then as you alluded to, Larry, we have our Garden of Lights event, which is a big fundraiser for us that starts after Thanksgiving and runs through just after New Year's. And again, our website has a lot of great information on that. It's all time tickets now, you know, so you know when you're gonna get in, it's a little bit less crowded because of that. And there's a thing on that website called um, Know Before You Glow which has all the frequently asked questions, the answers to all those questions. So that, again, that website's like the great resource for learning about the Garden of Lights, the hours, and getting your time tickets so that you are all set to enjoy the holiday season up there. I, lo I love that idea of the time tickets. Uh, it, it really does make a, a big difference. How, and how you've got so many lights. I mean, it's... Yeah, we have... <laughs> 
Yeah, we have 350,000 lights. So it's like pretty much we have that many bulbs in the ground and that many light bulbs above ground in the wintertime. So they actually start setting up all those displays next week too. So while we're starting to dig all the flower bulbs into the ground, they're starting a whole separate crew is starting to, and volunteers are starting to put all those like light displays up. And one thing about our light show that's kind of interesting is it's botanical theme. So it's all, you know, flowers, animals, vegetables, you know, like things, a butterfly house that we've had as exhibits. So it's a little different from some other shows because it is a botanical themed light show to tie in with Green Bay Botanical Garden. Mark Conlock, our, our guest today, as we talk with him about the garden and about maybe about your garden as well, I wanted to mention, I should have mentioned this right at the top of the hour, but we have a $5,000 match for this hour. So if you haven't contributed yet, the money you contribute will be doubled. So if you contribute um, 200 bucks, it's going to be $400 and, and uh, so forth. And so I just a quick reminder, if you haven't given, this would be a good time to do it at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. Uh, Bill in Oregon emailed us. He recently re, uh, replaced a retaining wall at the base of a hill adjacent to a septic field on a heavily wooded lot. He now has a lot of exposed soil, some of it on fairly steep parts of the downslope. Uh, it gets about 50% sun in early spring, but that drops to part sun as the trees begin to leaf out. Are there uh, flowers and plants uh, for steeper areas that would um, help promote some root retention? And are there bulbs that might be successful in these light conditions? Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, I had written a couple notes of things that, that actually as we talked to some of our other uh, callers. And, you know, one idea, okay, first of all, Prairie Nursery, Prairie Moon Nursery have different seed mixes that you can use, including like septic system mixes. You'd want to look at like a part, you know, shady type mix that they might have if you want to go with like a seed route. The other thing that we've done a bit in our garden, in the new children's garden, has had a ground cover layer of different types of sedges. Yeah. So those sedges, you know, are pretty good as ground covers to hold soil in place. So that would be a good thing to look at. Again, those two resources, Prairie Moon Nursery and Prairie Nursery, are like a good source to learn about the different sedges and the light conditions and exposure and, uh, you know, like water moisture conditions that they need. I know Pennsylvania sedge is one that can grow pretty good in part shade. Um, the other idea I had was there are some bulbs that can, you know, grow in those conditions. But again, they're going to kind of go dormant after they are out of flower. Like Spanish bluebells can work in part shade. Um, Leucosium can work in part shade. Um so there, there's those, they're kind of a, a little bit taller, but they wouldn't really be a good thing for you holding like the bank in place. But you could also think about some shrubs like fragrance sumac or deer villa. You know, some of those might like a little bit more light, but looking at your exact conditions, maybe like a shrub that's, you know, pretty fibrously rooted that takes over and is aggressive could be another option besides, you know, just perennials. So I actually a lot of choices there, Bill, in Oregon. And I uh, thank you very much for calling. Appreciate your call. Do you have, what are the plans for the coming season at the Green and the 2024 season at the Green Bay Botanical Garden? 
Well, Larry, we're kind of continuing to build off of our children's garden expansion. You know, this year we were able to open it up. We've had a huge amount of um, guests and visitors. It's been amazing. 100,000 people have visited us, you know, throughout May, June, July, August, September. And we hope to, you know, have increased programming and educational opportunities out there besides all the play features that are there right now this year. So we really hope to kind of like continue to connect people to nature in that site in the upcoming years as we, you know, have more programming and more activities out in that space in the, the next year of 2024. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, wh what is the size of your staff and also the size of your volunteers? I bet your volunteers far outnumber the staff. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, I think when we have, you know, we have some volunteers that come on a weekly basis and some volunteers that might, you know, come just for one event, but we have, I think, over 500 different unique people that come out to help us, you know, at Green Bay Botanical Garden. So I always think of it as like a community garden in a different way than, say, a vegetable plot, you know. Everyone is involved and, you know, has their specialty that they bring and help us out, whether it's growing plants or, you know, greeting our guests or parking cars or, you know, being board, our board members are volunteers, too, and have all their expertise in fundraising and finances that they donate to us. So we really are appreciative of everybody that, you know, volunteers with our staff to make it the place it is. And you got a great staff. And we have a great staff. We have, you know, probably 50-ish people part and full-time. And then that, you know, gets a lot more than that in the summertime when we have interns and seasonal employees. And we love working with them and having them, you know, be a part of our organization. And, yeah, we do a lot, you know, with the people we have. And we're continuing to grow our garden and, you know, hopefully continuing to add more staff to do some of those things I mentioned for 2024. So if you're looking for a job, check out our website, too. <laughs> and it's... Uh gbbg.org yes kind of a tongue twister <laughs> for green bay botanical garden mark always a pleasure thanks so much for talking with us today really appreciate it yeah you bet larry great to talk to you and uh, also great to talk with ellen clark because she's joining again to talk about our fall member drive your gift it really does make a huge difference because listeners are the largest source of funding for our shows. Uh, so good time to step up right now, would be right now. Be a supporter. Your gift, you do it at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. And we've got a big dollar-for-dollar dollar match. Right. This is the time to step up and be counted as a supporter because right now we have a dollar-for-dollar dollar match up to $5,000 by 1 o'clock. If we can raise that, this generous match is from current members, including a member in Bayfield, and it means that they will match every single dollar you give up to $5,000. And as a matter of fact, it's now only $4,880. Oh, look at us. Somebody, as soon as I mentioned <laughs> it a couple of minutes ago, somebody called mm. in with a $120 contribution. That's great. And it was that person's way uh, to help out and double their amounts. It turned into $240. Mm -hmm. What about you? Double your support right now. Great chance at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. Double your support right now and support Garden Talk. Did you know that Master Gardeners can conti get continuing education credit for listening to Garden Talk? I didn't know that. That's just goes to show what a valuable resource Garden Talk is to listeners like you and me. You can enjoy the show every week, whether you're an expert or just starting out. 
we have a, a, some of the best gardeners in mm-hmm. our state right right here to answer your question. And it, maybe it's fruit trees, maybe it's organic gardening or rose bushes or houseplants. You, you can name help, it. Yep, you can help <laughs> Garden Talk grow right now by making your gift at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. And help us meet that matching grant. And this member drive, there is yet another reason to love Fridays. Today only, ask for the WPR belt bag when you give $5 a month or more. This special offer is only available today as our $5 Friday. So give now and ask for yours at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. You know, I look at member drives as a way to and a time to celebrate uh, programs, celebrate mm-hmm. Garden Talk and all the programs. And as you listen in, all the programs you value on Wisconsin Public Radio, you tune in for uh, the quality you've come to expect. And, and now we are asking for your support uh, for with a donation. We sure are. And this fall member drive is your chance to participate in the quality you enjoy because listener support is the foundation for WPR programs. Give now. Help us meet that challenge grant at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. You can turn on the radio every day. You'll enjoy hours of uh, everything from classical music mm-hmm. to trustworthy news, in-depth conversations, great entertainment. WPR is available to everyone because listeners like you help cover the cost. That's exactly right. So we need you to join in today. Become a member with your first ever gift of 10 or $20 a month at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. What are the qualities of a good friend? A good friend is always there for you. Good friends are dependable, honest, they tell good stories, they're a lot of fun. A good friend is someone that you can learn from, that you can rely on, that's consistent, brings you joy, a partner in your life. A good friend is reliable and always there for you. They push you and try and help you grow. They don't just tell you what you want to hear, but they tell you what you need to hear. Someone who takes an interest in you, asks you questions, good listener, reliable, supportive. A good friend is going to keep you company when you really need it, introduce you to new ideas, new music, recommend books to read. Trustworthiness, always being available when needed, reliability. Just like you can count on a dear friend, you can count on Wisconsin Public Radio for trustworthy news, engaging stories, and high-quality entertainment. And like any good friendship, WPR relies on you in return. Your financial support makes the essential service you trust and value possible. Your gift now really makes a difference. Here's how to give. Go to WPR.org or phone 888-202-2552 to make your donation. Larry Mueller here with Ellen Clark. Your support during our drive makes the programs you rely on possible and your gift a month, whatever amount you choose is the right amount. The exact right amount. Supporting Wisconsin Public Radio right now is a great thing to do with a few minutes of your time. You'll help us meet that dollar-for-dollar challenge, and it'll just take a few minutes of your time. We'll need your name, your contact information, how much you'd like to give, and how you'd like to pay. And I see we have, we're, uh, they got another $340. Okay. So we're, we're moving mm-hmm. in the right direction here on these grant, on this uh, doubling your money. 
Your gift supports the programs and the stories that keep you connected to the world. So I, I hope you'll join in. Give now at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. And sometimes you actually get more than you pay for. And Wisconsin Public Radio is one of those places where that is true every single day. So consider a gift of $2 a day to support the programs you love. You really can't buy much for 2 bucks, but at <laughs> Wisconsin Public Radio, $2 a day actually makes a lot of news uh, talk and music possible. That's uh, 60 bucks a month. And you can make that gift at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. So make that contribution and help us with that dollar-for-dollar match, up to $5,000 if we reach that goal by 1 o'clock. We've got a generous match from current members, including members in Bayfield, and it means they will support every dollar you give, up to $5,000. And uh, whatever amount you give, don't forget... That dollar-for-dollar match is still Mm -hmm. in effect. Mm -hmm. And so let's say, oh, I was going to give $200. Well, that'll turn into $400. So give right now at WPR.org or at 888-202-2552. And your support of WPR goes twice as far. Right. And if you were thinking, you know, maybe I'm going to do a $2,500 gift. Well, look at that. $2,500 yeah. and here we go. We will be there. We want to reach that dollar for dollar match. It's still in effect. WPR.org, 888-202-2552. Support Wisconsin Public Radio right now. Make your gift go twice as far. And if you're not a sustainer, you could become one right now. It's easy to set up. You'll make ongoing monthly donation to provide uh, reliable support for the programs you love. You can do that straight from your bank account, or uh, some people use their credit card at Mm -hmm. WPR. Org or at 888-202-2552. And Elizabeth Almond is someone who's already supported. She said, Larry Mueller is just the best. I love his show, right? Oh. Everybody agrees. Join Elizabeth with your gift right now. Support Larry Mueller's program. It's really important at WPR.org or 888-202-2552. We love doing this program, mm-hmm. our staff, and uh, we love hearing from you And let's hear from you today with a gift. WPR.org or phone 888-202-2552. Make your contribution and thank you so much for your support. I'm Larry Mueller with Ellen Clark.